0: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Fenway Park. No, different place, different place. So, um, we uh, were told there was a pre-rage of about 30 for this event. Uh, I don't think we've reached that, but you know how it is approaching dinner hour and all. There are some people who've no doubt uh, decided that their uh, tummies needed filling sooner. Than, than their uh, hearts and souls with music. So this session is titled Music, 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 and it's sponsored by a number of different entities, including Friends in Art, Braille Revival League, Library Users of America, um, I think teachers were involved in uh, Anyway, a number of them. Yeah, I said FIA first. I gave them top billing. Okay. So, nonetheless, I, Brian Charlson, president, a former president, as of just about three hours ago, of Library Users of America, and Paul Edwards, president of Braille Revival League, are going to act as kind of the MCs of this. Now, as I say in all of my sessions, and some of you have been to nearly all of my sessions, uh, not for 40 years, but close enough, um, we don't like talking heads. We're much more interested in learning from one another and dialogue. So you were encouraged to question. Ask questions, give ideas. If you have a better answer to the question, don't be shy, tell us, okay? We've got two microphones. The one that I'm speaking at now, which is very sensitive. It cried just about an hour ago, it was really sad. It's very sensitive. And then we have a roving mic. And when we get to and Q&A the one stuff... one I'm speaking at now. Right. And when we get to the Q&A component of things, then we will be doing our best to have a mic runner. We don't know who that might be. Uh, in my earlier sessions, they both happened to be named Mike, and they were two different people. <laughs> so anything's possible here, okay?
1: That's why they were called mic runners. Yeah, mic <laughs> runners. <laughs> so, Mr. Jay, Mr.
2: Jay could help you with that.
0: Thank you, Jay. Excellent. So we know who our mic render is going to be. So what I want and to it's do... He's not
1: named Mike.
0: Yeah, we've stopped, we stopped it all. Anyway, we are going to be talking about music and how we access music information in one form or another. So uh, with your permission, I am going to... I just took off my... Uh, has anybody ever seen a, a pair of... Uh, Bose frames these new Bose glasses that have built in bluetooth and microphones so that instead of putting things in my ears uh, it kind of whispers in my ears everything I need to know very good sound too by the way only $200 at your local Bose store nonetheless it's pretty spectacular so I have to take them off tip them upside down and put them back on to turn them off which is why I just did that. Anyway, I want to tell you about my musical journey for a moment, if you, may, if you will. One is that back when I was a teenager, many, many years ago, uh, my aunt got married for the third time. Yes, I'm from that family, okay? For the third time, I married a guy named Smokey who came with a guitar, which is, I'm sure was a lot of the attraction in the first place, but Smokey, was also really good around young people. And he put his guitar in my hands and taught me the very beginnings of playing a guitar. And after that, I owned about three different guitars over time. But I have always been a proud campfire song guitar player. Um, I think the fanciest song I ever played on a guitar was by Joan Baez, and it was Diamonds and Rust.
1: That's pretty
0: fancy. Which was pretty fancy, but I'm telling you, that was the only song I played for about a year to get to the point where I could do that. Anyway, nonetheless, then when I went on to college, I decided I liked music enough to try to understand it. So I took a year of music theory. And... uh, I don't think that was me, but yeah. (laughs) What can I say? Anyway, so nonetheless... I, I took a year of music theory and found it absolutely fascinating, but I'm not the kind of guy who does a great deal of practice. So mastering a musical instrument was not really there, but a love of it and a better understanding of it when I was a consumer of it came as a result of that. I could understand when somebody whispered over their shoulder, but over the mic, one, four, five. Oh, That means a C, Uh, let's see, uh, you know, they tell one another. Exactly, exactly. (coughs) And that made a difference for me. Then I took some lessons on the pipe organ. A friend of mine played an original Wurlitzer giant, 16-foot tibia pipe organ.
2: Uh,
0: my, I, I, You're here again, huh? So, uh, nonetheless, I learned how to play a, a, an organ on a five-register organ with 16-foot tibias, and uh, it was really quite fun, and I was never any good at it. Um, then, about two years ago, that's a big gap. But then about two years ago, um, I inherited my mother's ukulele. Now, that's exactly right. Excuse me, let me scratch over here. Okay. Anyway, the ukulele was terrible. Okay. She played it, but she, she never was a very good player of it. But she was a very good schmoozer. And so she got herself into a Hawaiian band. One moment. Anyway, so nonetheless... Um, I inherited that, and in her memory, I decided, well, I better learn how to use one, and doing it on this is not going to be good, because you don't learn how to play an instrument by playing on a bad one. So I went out to Guitar Center and bought myself a ukulele. And uh, I said, now how am I going to find somebody to teach me how to use this 4 stringed wonder? And uh, I couldn't find a local instructor that was available in the hours I was available. So I turned to that iPhone of mine, and I put in YouTube tutorials into the YouTube search engine. And I can probably tell you now that I am a ukulele player, and that I can stand in and uh, play with anybody. Those who've ever been to Hawaii before, um, I bought my second ukulele there, It's strung with a high G instead of the low G that I use on my everyday ukulele. And I played with uh, Philo. You guys remember Philo? Of course. Good old Philo. He invited me to his room. He was going to show me how to play ukulele. And I sat down and I said, okay, so what are we going to play? And he says, oh, I don't know. Let's do do, uh, sand in my shoes. And I said, okay. Uh, let's do it in the key of uh, G, I think I did it in. Anyway, so I started playing, and he said, Bram, stop. I only know how to play this in C. <laughs> so we switched over to C and enjoyed playing it. I think he was just totally flabbergasted that, that I had learned how to play the ukulele. Nonetheless, that's my music story, and I'm sticking to it. Paul, do you have a music story? I do.
1: I do, but I am, I am interrupting music stories for a commercial announcement. And that commercial announcement is, I have a beginning code for you. And that beginning code, for those of you who are looking for credit for this little exercise, and we'll give a, an ending code um, when you make a stop. Is, but the beginning code is C2F34. I shall repeat it one more time. C as in meow, two, F as in um, don't even f- do it. F- finger
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> three four. That is the code C two F three four. And yes, I I have a musical story. Um, I was bound and determined to become a piano prodigy at the age of nine, mm-hmm. and so I started taking music lessons. And I was at that time going to the Athlone School for Boys in Vancouver, British Columbia. And at the Athlone School for Boys, the music room was located right next to the office of the headmistress. Now, I was was using braille music, and so I had to, as it were, um, play and then read the next line that I was going to play and then play the next line. But she came in and said I wasn't practicing, and my music lessons went away. Oh, eat your heart out, Liberace! <laughs> so um, I, I, I have subsequently become a, a good enough keyboard player to to um, to handle Christmas carols at Christmas um, and and lots of music when I'm drunk enough. <laughs> so. Um, my musical story is, is not wonderful, and, and our third person probably has a much better music story than any of the three of us, so I'm going to ask her to introduce herself and tell us her music story.
3: Well, good evening, everyone. My name is Lindsay Conway, and I am a music librarian in the music section of the National Library Service in Washington, D.C., uh, th- right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much for <laughs> <like that. laughs> Thank you for inviting uh, the NLS Music section to participate uh, in this panel. And I recall during uh, our phone conversation last week, Brian mentioned to me that uh, when he was learning to play the ukulele, he used some uh, audio instruction from Bill Brown which uh, we have available to um, any NLS patron who would like to borrow them from the music section. Fantastic courses to get you started playing uh, ukulele. Um, So those are available from the music section. Um, I have worked for NLS for four years now, and I have degrees in music and library science, and I'm delighted to be here on behalf of the music section to share and to learn. I'll try not to be too much of a talking head, uh, as Brian said, um, but I would very much like to provide an overview of the music section's uh, collection and services for you. Okay, um, so I'll try to keep it to about ten minutes or so. Fundamentally, the music section is the music library for the National Library Service. We serve patrons of the Talking Book Program. So if you're a patron of NLS, you have access to the music section. Um, Yes. We're similar to an NLS uh, network regional library. We have a staff of music librarians. Uh, The differences are that our collection is music materials, of course, Um, and that we serve patrons who are all around the country. Um, We serve them directly from our location in Washington, DC. The head of the music section uh, for about two years now, since July 2017, is Juliette Appold. Um, So now onto my, my overview of our collection.
1: To spell
3: her last um, name, Juliet. Sure, sure. Juliet, her last name is Appold, A-P-P-O-L-D. Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. So we have three formats in uh, the music collection. We have Braille music, mm-hmm. talking books, and uh, large print materials. Um, now, as for the the content and scope of the collection. Uh, basically, we have uh, two categories of materials. We have books for, for playing music, so that includes lesson books and scores, of course, sheet music, and on the other hand, we have books about music, um, music history books, music theory books, um, books that uh, talk about Uh, different styles of music, different composers, and so on. So now I'd like to, I'm going to go into a bit more depth about um, what we have available in each of those three formats. So first of all, the largest uh, proportion of our collection by far is our Braille music collection. Um, We have more than 20,000 titles which is the largest collection of Braille music, certainly in the country and and probably in the world. Um, there's maybe only one other library I'm aware of that could possibly contend um, with that amount of Braille music. Um, so it's a fantastic resource that um, is available to all of our NLS patrons. So our Braille music collection includes um, scores, of course. If you're um, in a community choir you're singing Handel's Messiah and you need your part we have you covered. Uh, we also have lesson books for a variety of instruments, um, lesson books that are commonly used in school music programs. Then uh, we also have music history and music theory textbooks for college level courses. Um, so that's an, that's an overview of our braille music collection. Um, for our talking book collection. We, yes, the, the music section offers talking books. Uh, we have more than 3,000 titles, most of which are available on BARD. So go check out the music collection on BARD. Take a listen. Um, so these talking books from the music collection fall into two categories. Um, we have music instruction, like the ukulele um, courses that I mentioned. Um, So it's all audio instruction for learning to play um, a variety of different instruments, harmonica, flute, violin, piano, guitar, and so on. On the other hand, we have uh, talking books uh, that are uh, music appreciation in nature. So... Uh, For example, you can listen to a narrated biography of Beethoven and along the way listen to examples of um, his music as they come up. So that's an example from our music appreciation collection. They're really fantastic um, to listen to, a great way to to deepen your knowledge of various musical topics. Um, Not only classical, we have a lot of um, music appreciation titles for jazz, as well, and different folk musics as well. Finally, our large print um, materials. Um, So this includes large print scores, which are standard Western uh, staff notation, but everything is enlarged and emboldened for ease of uh, reading. We also have large print uh, lesson books that are commonly used in school music programs, uh, music theory, and music history books, and um, we have more than 800 titles um, in our large print music collection. So on to um, services that the music section provides. And how do you, how do you uh, initiate uh, using the music section? Well, as I said, um, we have materials on BARD. So if you're using BARD, look for the music collection. You can download a lot of um, Braille music and uh, music talking books there, so you can start right away using our music collection. Um, But if you'd like to receive uh, physical materials, like those large print books and braille music scores, or um, talking books on cartridge, cartridge from the music section, you'll first want to be signed up with NLS, of course, through the library that's in your state. And from there, uh, once you're a patron, you can contact the music section by phone um, or by email. And I'm happy to give out um, our toll-free phone number, which is 1-800-424-8567. Paul is saying it along with me. And from there, uh, you'll get a, a menu, you'll dial 2, 2- for the music section. You're also welcome uh, to email the music section directly. Our email address is nlsm, for music, at loc.gov. So give us a call or send us an email. Let us know you would like to uh, start borrowing music materials. And from there, um, we can direct you to Various types of catalogs that we have that you can browse. You can um, see what we have um, available, or we can um, help help you get started with um, finding the materials you're looking for from the music collection. Um, we also are continuously adding to our music collection, of course. So um, one of the ways that we do that um, is by working with the Fantastic community of Braille music transcribers um, who are, uh, they receive um, certification by completing a course Um, that's led by uh, Karen Gerald, uh, the marvelous Karen Gerald. Mm. Excuse me. Um, And we maintain a directory, it's on the NLS website, a directory of certified Braille music transcribers for anyone who would like to um, engage their services to um, obtain a transcription. Um, But we work with those certified transcribers to create new Braille music transcriptions um, for our music collection. Um, We also acquire scores from other producers of Braille music. Um, For our large print collection, we have um, a partnership with um, Sigma Alpha Iota Music Fraternity, um, it's a program called Bold Notes, and so they contribute um, large print scores um, to our collection. So, how do we um, how do we do circulation? Well, as I said, if you're a Bard user, you can simply help yourself to what's on Bard. Um, but if if you want um, you know, hard copy physical materials, we will send those to you directly in the mail. So that's part of our workflow, the daily mail run, getting the books out to our patrons uh, from our office in DC. Um, let's see. As to the, the future, what's in the future for the music section at NLS, our goals are um, really in tandem with those of NLS as a whole which is um, to use technology to improve the library experience for our patrons, and in particular, to improve the digital library experience. For the music section, this means uh, making as much of our collection as possible available on BARD. So as I said, most of our music talking books are already uh, available on BARD uh, for you to use. As for our our Braille collection, when we acquire a brand new Braille music transcription, we require that it be in digital format um, as a BRF file, so that we can take that BRF file from the transcriber directly, and we can immediately uh, upload it to BARD for our patrons. Um, But we're also working to digitize uh, the Braille music um, that's already in our collection. The, the music section was established back in 1962, so we have a lot of uh, Braille music in our collection, um, you know, going back for decades, and we've been working very hard to digitize it and get it uploaded to BARD. We want as much of our Braille music collection as possible available on BARD so that it's instantly available um, to our patrons. Currently, we have about 20% of our Braille music collection digitized. Uh, my colleagues and I, in the music section, uh, use specialized scanning equipment and software to perform the conversion from tactile Braille into digital Braille as a BRF file, which we then upload to Bard. Recently. The music section has been working with our colleagues at the Library of Congress who are digitization experts and specialists. And so they are uh, helping us to identify um, new hardware and software that will allow us to digitize our braille music collection faster. Um, So that is what uh, we are currently working towards. That's the music section. Uh, in a nutshell, I'm happy to answer questions during our our Q and A time here. Um, I'm also working with Don Olson um, throughout the convention at the NLS exhibit table. Um, we're here until Wednesday, so please feel free to stop by to talk to me more about the music section. We are at uh, table number 23 in the exhibit hall, so I'm happy to see you there.
4: Can you-
3: Yes, the phone number for the music section is one eight hundred four two four eight five six seven, 424 8567 and then you'll dial option two for music.
0: Again, please hold on to that microphone so we can ask questions for a moment. I have a question for you. Go ahead, name first. Say name. Um, I'm Deborah Kendrick, Mm -hmm. and hi,
5: I haven't met you, but I'm part of the BARD support team. Oh,
6: anyway, hi, I'm part of the BARD support team. I work for Don. Um, and I recently wrote a Bard support post that went out to everybody about the music collection, and I wish I would have talked to you because I didn't know those numbers. Those numbers were nice to hear, how many pieces in each. But I, I love the Smithsonian Folkways, and I'm wondering how many of those are there? Do you know, and are you going to get some more? They're just so nice. Yeah, that's.
3: Um, thank you for that question. going to do a little switcheroo with with Brian here. Um, so, yes, our Smithsonian Folkways titles that are in the music collection. The last time I checked, I, I love those titles as well, um, by the way. So, the last time I checked, I think there were somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 or so titles. I might be overestimating that um, slightly, um, but it's it's in that ballpark. Um, and recently, we have not added many. Um, we've had some uh, staff changes during the past year for the music section, um, so our um, our work on uh, taking those. We take those Smithsonian titles and we um, work with our recording studio um, in Washington at at NLS to narrate the liner note information, and then we use the Hindenburg software to create um, the DTBM that can be uploaded to BARD. So that's basically the workflow. Um, we've had we haven't had as much um, staff power for the past few months um, with the staff changes in the music section, so it has slowed down. But it's something that um, we certainly intend to, to continue um, doing. We're we're about to um, get two more music librarians into the music section um, in the next uh, few weeks here, so we'll be staffed up again by the end of the summer, and so. We can continue uh, adding uh, folkways titles. Yes.
4: Uh, with uh, the adoption of UEB, has that changed the Braille music notation system? So significantly?
3: I, no. Uh, For our uh, transcriptions, our new Braille music transcriptions, those uh, comply with the uh, BANA uh, Braille Music Code 2015. And then any um, textual information, such as lyrics, um, prefatory material, that is going to be in UEB, of course. But the Braille Music Code itself, no, it's not affected um, by UEB.
4: do you have uh, any theory books with uh, audio examples? For example, uh, a uh, triad in second inversion.
3: Yes, uh, we do have um, ear training courses in our talking book collection in the in the um, in the music sections collection. Yes, we do have that kind of um, ear training. Um, for music theory. Um, And um, if you talk to me afterwards, I'd be happy to take your name down and I can, you know, send you some uh, examples. I identify those uh, DBM numbers for you.
4: Thank you very much. Uh,
1: If if not, I'll do the next little bit. I want to add a couple of things about the music section. Okay, go ahead. I'll take this here, if more, that's fine. Thank you very
7: much. Let me clarify: um, Are the Smithsonian folkways, are the Smithsonian folkways um, music? Is that the stuff that was collected, like during the 1930s? And if so, is that the stuff you can that's available digitally? You you can actually get the music.
3: So. Um, The Smithsonian Folkways titles. So this predates, I don't have, I can't provide a detailed answer to your question at the moment because that um, predates my time in the music section. I don't have all the details. But my understanding is that um, that the previous head of the music section was able to um, create an arrangement with Smithsonian Folkways, where they provided um, the audio files, or in some cases, the the, the CDs, um, provided them on CD and and gave their permission um, to uh, for for us the music section to convert those titles into um, DBMs. And, um, and do you, the kind of thing yeah. The,
8: yeah. it is that
2: kind yeah. of thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes. Not uh, not, not not all of them, but, but they're they're. Oh, I'm sorry. They are beginning a collection um, that includes that. Let me let me describe them in a little bit more detail because they're really kind of cool. Um, the 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 first, the first element that you get. Thank you. The first element that you get is the liner notes, um, which uh, you, you don't really know how much you miss until you actually start seeing some. Um, because liner notes, particularly from CDs, don't tend to scan well, um, so the liner notes are are, are the first cool thing. Um, but there is there is also um, a listing of the of the of the songs that are included, um, and there is also uh, a, uh, a an, an attached BRF file so that you can actually read the the liner notes. Um, in Braille, along with um, the 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 liner notes that are done in audio and the the third component that is really nice is um, if if in fact that was how it was recorded um, the the bard title and the liner notes uh, and well the bard title and the music anyway on the bard title is actually done in stereo so it it really is. Really cool service, and I've I've enjoyed there were there were a number of albums of labor songs, which is one of my specialties. I'm a I'm I'm a folkie from way back. I'm still recovering from the '60s, so um, uh, I'm a folkie from way back, and I've really enjoyed the the labor stuff because uh, a lot of the the recordings that they produce aren't the ones uh, that that are done by folks that we that we've all heard of. Um, like like Bill Brunzi or or um, oh and a- any of the other uh, labor folks these are these are really the folks who are out in the wilderness going to um, going to uh, going to labor camps and and working with the Wobblies to uh, and, and and essentially writing songs for, for local strikes and all kinds of stuff so um, I I commend it them to you. And I want to make two other comments about uh, my involvement with the music section, which will illustrate the breadth of services um, that the music uh, department makes available. I went to what was supposed to be an audio described version of Rigoletto, um, which was being staged at uh, our, our large kind of big fancy county theater in Miami-Dade County. Well, it turns out there was a mix-up and um, and and the audio describer didn't come that night, but they said, "However, um, not only will we give you a free comp ticket to the next audio described version, but how would you like the braille libretto?" And I said, "Well, that would be nice." Oh, wow. So, um I was able to actually follow in English, um, since since my Italian is is about as uh, as rusty as iron filings. Um, I was able to follow the whole of the uh, of of the libretto uh, of Rigoletto uh, in braille, and 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 in passing, uh, there there was a the gentleman who had invited me to the opera, who was really much more knowledgeable about opera than I was, um, was absolutely overjoyed. He was also blind, because for the first time, um, he was able, during the break, to, uh, to catch up on all the stuff he didn't understand, so he thought that was pretty amazing. And of course, the idea of blind people being able to read braille well always astounds folks, so. <laughs> but um, I think those two things, give you... Oh, sorry, that's one of the things. The second thing is, there is a guy who is a part of the Florida Council of the Blind, uh, a, a guy whose name is Paul Kurtz. And Paul Kurtz is a trumpet player. And Paul Kurtz has made it his business um, to, to work to expand the collection of the music section um, in the area of trumpet music. And so he has... Uh, voluntarily and arranged for transcribers in his local area as well, transcribed I don't know somewhere between three and four thousand um, pieces of trumpet music, which he has sent on to the music section of NLS and which is now there, which is which is an indication of how individuals who are committed can expand the music section's range of of musical products um, and. And I suspect, I suspect you could tell us about other examples, too. But anyway, I'm, um, those will give you some ideas of the range of services and the degree of outreach that the music section has managed.
9: I wish I had thought of this this morning when I was at your booth. It was delightful to meet you. The um, In the Bard music section, um, when I am looking through one of the things I am most delighted about is looking at the recently added music options and two Mm -hmm. things I've noticed. One, they've been adding some very beginner stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I'm not seeing is the kind of intermediate stuff. Is that just because things are coming in by design? And let me also Uh, ask my second question and tell you I'm delighted that Golden Court has been beginning to share, and I'm sure this is Marrakesh, their music collection, and I've seen some things that we could not get previously and downloaded some of them. My only other question for you is, I see that you can look at this stuff for the last 30 days that was recently added, but if I wanted to look at, oh gee, what was added six months ago? there doesn't appear to be a way to get to that. Are there plans to work on that issue?
3: Okay. Okay. Thank you, Jeanette. Um, so to as to your first question, um, I know that um, th- if you've been noticing quite a few be- beginner-level piano materials recently, I believe the reason for that is because um we have um, recently had, the, those were, a lot of those were um, pieces that we digitized um, a little while ago, and we recently had them proofread um, so that we would be able to, you know, put them up on BARD. We, we've ensured the, the quality um, of the score. So we recently completed a a whole batch of of proofreading of scores, and a lot of those were um, the early beginner piano music. Um, So I think that accounts for what you're noticing there. Um, We do have materials um, at all levels for, for, um, for piano. So, I'd be happy to work with you to identify some interme- intermediate materials if you're looking for them. Um, then, uh, for, for BARD and looking at what's been added um, back past, um, you know, beyond the, the past 30 days, um, I would recommend visiting our blog. Uh, Believe it or not, uh, the music section has a blog. It's called NLS Music Notes. So that's something else that our busy music librarians do. We write a blog post every week, and um, at the end of every month, we do a roundup, a listing of here's what we've added to BARD during the past month. Here's what's new on BARD from the music section. So if you visit our blog, you can actually go back and look at those um, uh, BARD posts from the end of each month. Usually the title is New BARD Editions, and then it'll say, you know, May 2019. So if you're interested in in going back further and further, um, check out our blog. blog Yes, uh, we are NLS... Music notes. So if you Google NLS music notes blog, it, it should, uh, should come right up.
2: What was the question? Not, not the music people. Does the, the book people NLS. have a blog? And they don't. And they don't. No.
0: no.
3: Yes, NLS Facebook page
0: like us. So, I've got a question. You had mentioned... Uh,
8: The blog for music is is a blog, and it's one of the uh, the Library of Congress blogs, and it's on the Library of Congress blog page. I think the easiest way to find it, as Lindsay said, is to Google it. Um, The Facebook page is different. Um, It's not a music... Focus thing. But it's just a Facebook page for NLS. And it's called That All May Read. Oh, what? What? That All, All May, May Read. Read, which is our, our, what do you call it? Kind of slogan. Slogan, slogan, yeah.
0: I, I want to follow up on the word you used, which was proofread. So, <clears throat> it was my understanding that this nation was a bit in crisis not too long ago. Let for, me give you this.
2: Let me give you this. <clears throat>
0: It was my understanding that not, not too long ago that this nation was in a bit of a crisis as to having sufficient individuals who knew how to transcribe music braille, but more importantly, I guess, and, and at least it was more acute at the time, was certified proofreaders of music braille. How is that situation right now?
3: What's the score on that? As for proofreading, um, yeah, this came up in one of our music section meetings, um, actually in the past past year or so. We're not aware of of a uh, certification for proofreading for braille music, but there certainly is a certification for braille music transcription. Um, So but in, in order to, to proofread, uh, yeah, when I, when I mentioned a moment ago that we had a, a batch of our, our scores proofread, um, that proofreading is done by certified braille music transcribers, yes. Yes, to in, ensure the quality.
0: Yeah. Okay, I've got one more question for you, don't go away. Okay. Don't go away. Uh, so I mentioned that I played the ukulele And um, when people talk about musical scores, they're frequently talking about for piano or, if you will, more um, classical instruments. Um, Do you have any material in tablature for guitar and other stringed instruments? And do you have any material to teach a person how to read
3: tablature? Um, I'm. I'm going to start answering this question. Karen, will uh, Karen should probably finish it though. Uh, the um, answer is uh, yes. We absolutely do have Braille uh, music materials uh, for guitar and for ukulele um, in our collection. And Karen, um, I invite you uh, to to jump in with your comments.
8: Absolutely. The
3: format that is used for stringed instruments
8: is not tablature. Um, in fact, it is line over line. It's like um, the melody line, the lyrics, and the chords. And the chords are written in a format that's not music braille per se. It would be like a C major chord would be just written like a capital C. Um, a, a B minor would be a capital B and then an M. A G7 would be capital G, and then a number sign and a seven. So that's how the chords are written, and they're written below the music, which is written below the lyrics. How do
4: you know how long to hold the chord?
8: You have to figure that out. (laughs) Some of them have have symbols that I believe, and I'm not real good at this. Um, I'm I'm learning to play the guitar, but I'm not that good at it. Um, But they, they indicate how to strum, like how many yes, times of a yeah, measure it from, to strum yeah. okay. um but what i've run across so far isn't more specific than that but on a stringed instrument you can't hold anything very long so you have to keep doing something <laughs> um, but anyway that so it's not tablature but but it is um it is quite usable, and we do have this ukulele book, like 365 songs on the ukulele or something yes. like that. <laughs> one for every day, and they're, they're like 60s and 70s songs, I think, pretty much. there's yeah. some, some nice it. stuff. You got that one.
3: Yes, and I think what uh, some of what Karen dis- just described there is um, called lead sheet, Format where you have the melody line, the chord symbols, and then the song lyrics. And we, um, I can think of two titles off the top of my head that we have in our Braille music collection that specifically teach you how to read lead sheet uh, format um, and how to how to use a fake book and and so forth. Um, and. Uh, how to use use a fake book, which is another word for lead sheet, um, basically. It's, it's um,
4: a book with, you know, several, the, the print fake books have, you know, 1,500 tunes in them. And, and yes. And they have that lead sheet format.
3: Got and yes. So that's in addition to, I really want to make sure to mention that um, we, in our Braille Music Collection, also have a wealth of materials for those who wish to learn to read Braille music. We have numerous um, titles, but for example, Edward Jenkins, Richard Tesh, we have uh, dictionaries of Braille music symbols. We also have these, um, a lot of these same titles are available from our collection in large print as well. um, So that if you're working with someone who's cited, um, they can follow right along with you in learning the Braille music code. So I really want to make sure everyone here is aware of that. Um, we certainly want um, everyone who wants to, to, to learn Braille music, and we have the materials available uh, totally free of charge to support you in those endeavors. Um, No comment. That's <laughs> either
1: pretty <laughs> sharp or pretty flat. getting white. Oh, got to have
3: So I'm happy to answer any more questions you might have about the music section. I'll...
8: Uh, Lindsay, do
3: you do a magazine? Yes. there is. Okay, great. There is time to talk about Yet another task that we do in the music section. We offer, um, I I believe it's six um, music magazines uh, to our patrons, Um, musical mainstream uh, and contemporary soundtrack, uh, quarterly music magazine, uh, braille music magazine, um, and uh, musical... Mainstream. I'll just uh, tell you about a couple of them. Musical mainstream um, is a compilation that, that we put together. So our music librarians read uh, or skim through, you know, magazines such as Gramophone, um, Clavier Companion, Opera News, magazines that are oriented towards um, the world of classical music. <laughs> Music education, and then we select um, articles from those publications um, to include in Musical Mainstream, which uh, comes out four times a year in audio, large print, and braille. It's available on Bard, and um, these are very high quality articles. You know, in terms of classical music, you really can't can't go any higher than gramophone, and, and if, you're an, if you're an opera fan, you know, opera news is fantastic. So it's really a great um, resource for keeping up with topics in music education and classical music, and you don't have to subscribe to all of those different magazines, um, which would be really expensive, so we um, kind of cull articles from all of those uh, for Musical Mainstream. Contemporary Soundtrack, similar idea, but we're taking the articles from magazines that cover popular music, jazz, um, folk music, pop music. Um, so if you'd like to know what's going on in those arenas, Contemporary Soundtrack is the magazine for you. Yes. Um, so there are
4: compilations, like, like yes. magazine listening. Musical
3: level? Yes. If yes. Exactly.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. Mm. Th- there is also Sound and Vision. Yes. Um, yes. Which, which combines um, reviews of, of classical music and pop music with reviews of current electronic equipment for playing music on.
4: What's the name of that?
1: Uh, sound and vision.
4: Sound and
3: vision. Okay. Yes, thank you, Paul.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, if, if we are uh, running low on questions, what I'd like to do is, as I said, we didn't want to be a bunch of talking heads. We'd rather kind of have a bit of a dialogue, and I think this Q&A is exactly the kind of thing we were looking for, but don't go very far there, Jay. Because what I'd like to do is pass the microphone around and find out, uh, as I <laughs> did very early on in my conversation up here with our guest speaker, what's your instrument? What do you do in the world of music? Uh, to see, you know, maybe you can put a and, band and together. How do you do it? Exactly, what, what works for you and how have you done it? So, Jay?
2: I will start up in the front of the room here world of music.
7: Um, my name is Nora Martin, and I have done some vocals up and on for a long time, but as far as my own performance stuff, um, I have done a little digital recording, but it, it's just trying to use, as a low vision person, trying to work my way through the so, screens and stuff that are hard to read on, like, a Tascam recorder, or I just got some new software. So I'm looking for anything that's accessible to help me do more with that.
4: Well, I play uh, several instruments. Uh, my Dave Trevino, uh, I play several instruments uh, at, a, at a pretty good level of proficiency. I play guitar. I play bass guitar, I play trumpet, I play ukulele. Uh, I'm not a good live keyboard player, but if I have uh, a keyboard with a sequencer, which I do, I can edit together some pretty impressive stuff. My primary recording apparatus is a Zoom HD8, which is a digital hard disk Multi-track recorder uh, with uh, several different reverberation settings and.
1: Uh, Have you uh, found it pretty accessible?
4: Well, I am. I am making it accessible. I'm. I'm learning to. Uh, to use the. I can't. Can't read the display, but I'm learning. The sequences of how you know what buttons to press. And when to press them, yep. and uh, how to do processes i can I can change my foot switch settings in the menus from just starting and stopping the uh, recorder to punching in and punching out so I can edit with my feet. Uh, yeah. and pretty uh, impressive. and uh, I have recorded jingles. I have recorded music for on-hold message packages. Uh, If you were here last night for the opening session, prior to the opening session, all that music I recorded playing all the instruments. Uh, It's part of my music project. I'm going to be released Hopefully, maybe in three months, uh, it's called Fresh from the Lab. It's songs about dogs. There's one song in there about a goat. It's the, the four-footed lawnmower. But uh, anyway, that's, uh, music has been a, a lot of fun for me, and uh, it can be a lot of fun for you, too. This is Norman Dahlke, I don't have a whole lot to say, I'm a ch- church organist for our church, him accompanying him singing primarily, and uh, I've uh, <clears throat> sing in the choir, so my interest is in choir music as well as organ music, I've played, grew up in classical music, so I enjoy some of that, and would like to explore more what the Library of Congress has in that department, and I'll be in touch with them about that That's it
0: Absolutely. Thank you
2: I'm Peter Heidi that uh my instruments are uh, cello and ukulele primarily and uh He's a piano tuner for 25 years. And, uh, temperamental
4: guy. Yeah.
9: <laughs>
2: equal, though. I'm, I'm, I'm an even-tempered yeah. person, yes. Um, that uh, I'm, uh, I'm trying to get back into some of the stuff that I've been away for, from it for a number of years, and as I move towards retirement, I'm looking for more. Excellent.
4: What are you retiring I'm
2: a pastor. Oh, what
4: denomination? Lutheran. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Uh, I would love to talk to you. You guys have been to, as a, a Presbyterian minister, uh-huh.
2: and, uh, people are not
6: opening their eyes to a blind pastor. Yeah. Uh, the, um, I uh, did piano as a child. I. We have uh, several pianos sitting in our house. Um, I. Uh, I'm like to sell any one of <laughs> <laughs> them. hopefully someday I have time to get back to that. Um, the that watching uh, Dick Van Dyke as a child with oh <laughs> <laughs> with uh, Maury Amsterdam playing the cello, that I uh, fell in love with the cello and thus when I found out Peter played the cello, I was sold.
10: (laughs) I don't play anything. I'm Olivia, but I'm carrying this information back to my dear friend, Valora Taylor, who studied. She's blind and is jazz and classical music uh, enthusiast. In fact, Paul, she went to the school in Canada and I'll
1: let her know. Excellent. Oh, I'm Tom Frank from Vermont, and the only thing I ask you, Brian, well fifteen I guess fifteen years ago when I was I went to the Pittsburgh convention, I took my guitar and played at the, at the FIA showcase. But uh, guitars are very uh, heavy and bulky to carry. And if you make mistakes, people say, he doesn't know. So this
0: time. I brought my ukulele. I've got mine up in the room. Let's get together. Yes. I'm, I've got acoustic guitar. I'll get together with
4: you. I don't you If you know. make a
1: mistake on a YouTube. Ukulele, nobody cares because it's a ukulele and they don't take you seriously. So.
0: yeah, No, it's a tenor with a low G. Tenor with a low G, yeah. Uh, one of the things I was thinking about trying to pull off next year, I was banned from, from uh, signing up for FIA this year with my banjo. Uh, we wanted Kim's exit to be a little more dignified than what my performance is likely to be. <laughs> but next year, I'd love to uh, send out a general announcement. Bring your ukulele. Let's do a, a blind ukulele, uh, not just a jam, a, a mob. What do they call this? A flash mob of blind ukulele players. <laughs> I Sounds think it would be great fun. I think it would be we great fun. More people
4: here. Yeah.
0: yeah, Hawaii Go might secede. Yeah, no. <laughs>
6: Okay, I'm Dee Snyder from Knoxville, Tennessee, and I studied piano as a child, and I played for years before, by year, before I learned real music, and uh, I also played flamenco guitar, which I learned to do when I was living in Spain, and... I love music. I think it's the most inventive and relaxing activity on the planet. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I just love it. So, But I'm, I'm a hobbyist. I don't play anything professionally. I'd be scared to try.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
2: We have three or four more people. Go for it.
10: Hi, my name is Sue Mangus from California, and I studied piano from about age 10, and then when I went to college, I moved into the organ, and the latest thing I've been doing is playing handbells, and for about 15 years, I marched in a handbell choir, Then we marched in a variety of parades.
2: I'm sorry, there are six people.
10: Hello, my name is Carla Hayes, and I'm from McMurray, Pennsylvania. And I started out as a music major, and I play several instruments, um, keyboard, piano, organ, um, mm-hmm. guitar, saxophone. I had to take clarinet to get a classical instrument when I was majoring. But what I would like to do, um, and um, I have my own business, Langual Learn Communications, and one thing I do is produce some audio educational materials, and I do, I write and perform all my own production music which saves me hundreds of dollars. But what I would really like to do is to learn more about A, digital recording, because it's just so tricky to me. And B, this is gonna sound really silly. I haven't gotten... I I would like somebody to give me some hand-holding about how to download music from the internet, to buy it, download it, and um, put it on CDs. and do things like that and just in general how to to do things with CDs and and various media. But um, I love music, I love to listen to it and um, by the way thank you for this wonderful workshop.
1: Hi, hi, my name is Michael Nunez. I'm from California, the Bay Area. Um, So I actually currently don't um, actively play an instrument, but I did play both the clarinet and the piano when I was younger. The piano just for a couple years, and the clarinet I played for about 10 years um, up through college.
6: Hi, I'm Judy Jackson, and I grew up playing the piano, and much to voice majors chagrin in college, I um, got to be quite good and I would um, go into a music room at at school in college next door to somebody who was singing and I would play something a third above or a third below what they were singing and then they'd stop and then I'd stop and then they'd start again and then I'd start again and I maybe would add a sharp or a flat to whatever they were singing and fortunately I never got caught. Um, doing that, but that was sort of my um fun times um but anyway i um so i 've played the piano for years i haven 't played in a while um, and then one of my dreams was to learn to play the harp, and certainly not because i 'm angelic at all, but maybe it would help me gain some angel like behavior and um so I started that when I moved to Virginia a couple of years ago, and I have just loved it it 's just been such a neat instrument to learn to play. The, the deal is I'm getting older, and so I'm having to memorize the music um, a lot faster because I, you know, to try to play with the piano, sometimes I could play things with one hand and read with the other and then, you know, put both hands together. But with the harp, you're using both hands at the same time. So, um, But anyway, it's, it's been a real fun time.
4: It takes a lot of pluck to do that.
7: Hi, um, my name is Chloe. I um, was actually a vocal student for about, so I'm 24 right now. I was a vocal student for most of my life, um, from the age of about 7 to about 18. Um, I went to a performing arts high school. Um, and one of my very, very close friends, actually, um, he just finished his master's degree at Juilliard. Wow. Um, and he's played for the Grammy bands and things like that. And um, But I was a soprano in choir. Um, and I, I took, as part of the curriculum at um, School for the Arts, I had to take uh, music theory. Um, and... I, like some of you in here, probably, um, my music teacher discovered that I have perfect pitch. Um, so I was known as the human pitch pipe in, in, in school, and all my friends would be like, Chloe, give me a seat, and you know, from across the room, and so it was really great. But I'm hoping to um, learn to play the guitar because I'd like to get back into an instrument, just not really professionally, because I don't think I could do it professionally, but... Um, It'd be nice to like pick up a guitar and be able to sing along with it. And, um, I know some piano, but nothing crazy, so, yeah.
11: Hi, my name is Rick Belcher, blues man from St. Louis, Missouri. I, uh, I was you taught myself how to play. I knew that's all right, mama. Elvis, I knew Jimmy Reed before I picked up a Braille book. And I taught, like I said, I taught myself how to play, doing songs like Big Boss Man, Turn On Your Love Light with Bobby Bland, all that good stuff. B.B. King, Calls to Be the Boss, Real is Gone. And I do stuff with a piano that you don't hear about because my music, as well as blues, was a taste of good old rock and roll. I do stuff with Pink Floyd, with some Led Zeppelin on the piano, some Jimi Hendrix on the piano, and you don't hear that. I blew somebody away one time when I played Purple Haze on the piano. It's never been done, to my knowledge. But, like they say, you hear about the three R's. I can't tell you a whole lot about the three R's, but I can tell you about the four B's, and two of them is B.B. King and Bobby Bland.
5: Uh, my name is Meryl Sector, and um, <clears throat> I grew up in New York, And but I'm in Winter Mill, Maryland now, in Baltimore County. But when I was three, I started um, playing a toy piano that my Aunt Dottie had and started picking up songs. And then I was told, well, you, you need my parents, said you should take piano lessons. So when I was five till I was 17, I went to the New York Lighthouse for the Blind and took piano lessons. And I had a wonderful teacher. I took music theory. I learned how to read braille music. And I I was classically trained. And, okay, and um, so I loved to sing also in school. I was mainstream, so I was in the choir from fourth grade until twelfth grade, and I was an alto but I could also sing second soprano, and I love to harmonize also, so that's one of my gifts. Thank you.
8: All right. Um, I'm Karen Kenninger, and um, my musical journey is a bit spotted, but I started taking piano lessons when I was in like second or third grade, my piano teacher thought I was a complete disaster and was probably right. <laughs> uh, I took lessons for quite a long time, but I've never got particularly good at it. My excuse these days is that she told me to memorize, but never told me... Ne- I never got any music theory. And I have come to appreciate music theory a great deal, because once you understand what the music is, it's a whole lot easier to memorize it. Um, so I play the piano when there's nobody around. I Play, uh, you played the clarinet for years too, and, and I a couple of years ago took up um, bluegrass guitar, Whoa, which has great. been very relaxing, oddly enough, so I really enjoyed that. Um, but the, the biggest thing I want to say is that I'm a very strong supporter of our music section, and I'm really glad that Lindsay is doing all these stuff. <laughs> so. cool.
2: My name is Jay Doudna, and I just want to say that my goal in life still is to learn to play the piano. When I was at Overbrook, uh, I had a teacher that I didn't like. They told me I had great piano hands because they were small, they weren't big. When I got started with her, I didn't like her and I just I just gave it up. But uh, I'm still gonna learn, I'm gonna get the NLS. That's why I came today, because I wanted to learn about the music section. So I'm gonna That's going to be my goal. I'm going to learn how to play that piano before I leave this earth.
0: And that's everybody in this, that's everybody in this room. Very good, so thank you all for being here. Now I want to give Lindsay another chance at the microphone here. I'm sure she's got a couple of reactions to all that she's been hearing here. And Paul will be giving you the closing code in just a moment.
3: I just wanted to add that um, I'm just feeling very inspired by what everyone has um, just shared. Thank you so much to everyone who shared their musical experiences and aspirations, and I just want to reiterate that the um, music section is here for you um, no matter where you are on your musical journey. If you're just starting, if you're getting started again, if you... Um, find yourself at a plateau, you want to make more progress, um, we will do our very best, whether it's classical, uh, blues, jazz, bluegrass, we have all of that in our collection. We'll do our very best to find materials in our collection that are going to support you. And I just thank you very much again for this opportunity to come and talk about, uh, about music, which we all love.
1: Thank you. And um, I, I would like to let everybody know, maybe this will be an incentive for a few of you to join, one of the things that we had planned to include in tonight's presentation was um, some of the, uh, the places um, on the Library of Congress's website uh, where you can actually find music for downloading and, um, and how you do it or play it and so what I indicated was that since we weren't able to do that here, in the next issue of the Lua Ledger, there will be an article on that topic, which I will research and prepare. So, and, and I'm going to ask Lindsay to help. <laughs> sure. I can think of uh, one resource I would recommend off the top of my head. So. Excellent. That's so cool. All right. So let me give you the, the ending code. For those of you who are getting credit, it is C as in cat, meow, eight. C as in cat, meow, two, four. C, eight, C, two, four. All even numbers. Go figure.
0: Mr. Bryan, for your final comments. Again, I I hope you found this of some value. We really need to worry about literacy in the highest way you can look at that. So, yes, that's literacy, the the ability to read and write. That's, as you'll see a a little later, uh, tactile literacy, the uh, the ability to feel an image and be able to make sense out of it. Uh, And here, we've been talking about music literacy and what are our resources to accomplish that. One of the reasons I picked up the ukulele is I really needed my brain to go in a different direction. You just keep thinking down the same pathways after a while and you kind of seize up. And I remember hearing a story about um, Einstein, that Einstein worried that he was imprinting raw mathematics on his brain in such a way that pretty soon he would only think in numbers. And so he picked up and learned to play the violin. And that's a story that inspired me to pick up the ukulele because I knew damn good and well I didn't have a good enough ear to play the violin. And don't downplay the value of the ukulele, ladies and gentlemen. It's a marvelous marvelous thing. And if we taught our kids more on the ukulele in school, instead of that stupid little recorder business, (laughs) they'd actually come away learning something and enjoying it for the rest of their lives. Anyway.
1: I resemble that remark.
0: You certainly do. Good night, all.